0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The maximum pressure the U.S. hopes to impose on Iran is causing some problems for U.S. allies. It's also punishing Iran for complying with the Iran nuclear deal. And it may encourage the country to escalate into a more threatening crisis. Cato's John Glazer and Emma Ashford discussed the strategy, now at work, against Iran.
1: So there's a couple of ways we can look at this. Um, one is that this deployment, at the very least, the deployment of the carrier, maybe not the bombers, was planned. It was announced a long time ago. The, the carrier already, you know, left and sailed away. So this is, this is not something that was done explicitly in response to um, Iranian actions. But the statement that was issued does seem to have been um, Bolton responding to these intelligence reports that we've heard about. Um, so it, it seems like the administration is trying to portray the carrier group going into the Gulf as um, something that's a response, that they're trying to look tough, even though it was something they were basically doing already.
2: Why now? Well, we patrol Navy warships through the Persian Gulf on a regular basis. Um uh, Our Navy's fifth fleet is based in Bahrain, right, to Iran's south. Um, We do these rotations somewhat frequently. And so, you know, the temperature on Iran is particularly high right now, primarily because the Trump administration has been relentless in its uh, approach on economic sanctions. We've just begun to, um, or I think this month, uh, we're eliminating the waivers for countries to import Iranian oil, um, which is going to do more harm to the Iranian economy. It's also causing problems with our allies um, and roiling oil markets to one degree or another. Um, and so the temperature is quite high. Also, you, you know, at the same time, you have people like uh, National Security Advisor John Bolton and Secretary of State John, uh, Mike Pompeo you know, making rather explicit uh, threats uh, about our approach to Iran. So the temperature is very high. It seems to me also that the Europeans and some of our other allies are suggesting that the Iranians might say to themselves, look, the United States backed out of the JCPOA, the Iran nuclear deal. Um, They're punishing us for our compliance with that non-proliferation agreement. And so what incentive do we have to continue to comply Um, And so, you know, for a long time, it's been somewhat reasonable that Iran would react in some way. We haven't yet seen that. But uh, Bolton particularly is keen on exacerbating the situation and making it seem like we're doing this big show of force in the region to deter some imminent Iranian threat that no one will specify.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to echo sort of John's last point there, because I think this is really important. So the administration says that their strategy, this this maximum pressure strategy, the, the sanctions, removing the waivers, um, getting tough with Iran and a lot of other things, pushing US allies to stop trading with Iran on everything. They say that that strategy is basically designed to hurt the regime in Tehran and encourage the, that government to you know, quote unquote, act like a normal country. So basically to change its behavior entirely, um, and perhaps to encourage the Iranian people to sort of rise up and overthrow the government themselves. So that's all sort of the stated reasons that we're doing this. Um, but the point that John made is basically if you read between the lines, this strategy also very much puts us in a situation where Iran is likely to respond at some point. And that will escalate things that could push a US response. And so for some people inside the administration, and I'm thinking particularly of John Bolton here, um, they may actually be pushing Iran to try and cause an escalation and try and cause a crisis.
2: And one way to think about that is how silly the notion of patrolling a Navy uh, warship in the Persian Gulf, to to claim that that is uh, serving a deterrent, serving as a deterrent to Iranian actions uh, is rather silly to me. Uh, Our deterrent efforts towards Iran seem somewhat overdetermined. We have long encircled Iran with US ground forces um, all throughout the region, As I said, we have a powerful naval presence in the Persian Gulf. We are close allies with Iran's two most vociferous regional adversaries, Israel and Saudi Arabia. And people in Washington, D.C. rather commonly uh, issue uh, implicit threats towards Iran. So the notion that sending a carrier uh, to the Persian Gulf uh, is going to deter Iran from taking action against US forces in the region or something like this seems very implausible. So you have to wonder what is the actual purpose of framing uh, the the carrier in this way? Uh, what, what are we actually after? It's not clear at all that what our approach is going to change Iranian behavior. Um, And I think it depends on who you ask inside the administration what the purpose of our Iran policy even is. What do people like Mike
0: Pompeo and John Bolton expect to actually get out of this uh, policy and sort of ratcheting up pressure?
1: It's not clear. And I think, like John said, it it depends who you ask inside the administration. We've been ratcheting up the pressure on Iran. um, I don't even want to say slowly because it's been quite dramatic ever since the president withdrew from the JCPOA over a year ago. Um, And so that has been primarily in the sanctions sphere um, and sort of pushing back against US allies that want to continue trading with Iran. Um, But it does appear now that they're actually also stepping up the Military, um, not necessarily the military presence in the region, but they're portraying that presence as designed to sort of deter Iran, push back against Iran. So this is a, a militarization of the situation in a way that I find quite disturbing. Um, and if you you're looking at sort of what does the administration want out of this, um, you could at least I think make a case that the sanctions policy had a, a diplomatic. Um, solution, right? Maybe the Iranians would say, hey, we want to negotiate something. I think it's pretty unlikely, but it could have happened. Um, the military aspects of this, the, that's not at all the same. The, there's really no potential here that the, you know, sending in a carrier group, talking more about military options against Iran, there's really no potential that that ends in a, in a way that is good for anybody.
2: Yeah, actually, in contrast to his uh, hawkish advisors, President Trump himself, as best I can tell, wants to pressure Iran to the point where they break and they come to the table and they come to the United States and say, "Okay, let's negotiate a deal. And given that we're under all this pressure, we'll make concessions beyond what we made for the JCPOA. Um, He believes that that might happen. I think it's extremely unlikely. But I think it's also worth just zooming out for a bit first of all, how similar does this current approach to Iran look to uh, past administrations, the kind of policy that Trump uh, roundly criticized during the campaign? Um, And even more, I think specifically, are Americans made safer or more prosperous by this obsessive and often reckless focus on Iran? Um, It's a a third-rate military power in a distant region. Uh, We don't need to have the forward presence in the Middle East that we've had for a long time. We've seen how this kind of escalatory policy can get us into a lot of trouble uh, in in Iraq and and Syria and elsewhere. And so why are we we doing this? It's clearly not to prevent Iran from becoming a nuclear weapons power because they already agreed to those terms under the JCPOA and actually continue to this day to comply with it. So, so what is this obsessive focus on Iran? And is it actually making the United States safer? I think that's a really hard case to make that, that the answer is yes.
0: John Glazer is director of foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.